0: It is the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Radio,
1: Network. Radio Network. We are live on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Karl the sports hitlers by the fans and for the fans. Thank you everyone for joining us. Before I introduce my panel, we have some sad news. Twenty twenty continues to take our legends away from us. Uh, um, Diego Maradona passed away today. A soccer legend, and um, he was able to win the World Cup in nineteen eighty six. Um, made it to four World Cups between 1982 and 1994 so thoughts and prayers out to his family um, the, the sports world is mourning today so we send our thoughts and prayers out to the Maradona family and 2020 continues to we got four weeks left and I'm hoping this year ends on a positive note but it seems every month or every every other week there's this sad news so um, thoughts and prayers out to his family gentlemen how are you guys doing today Mikey Mike how you doing sir Mike Phillips. What's going on? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. I'm glad to be here. I'm I'm on the heavy hitter uh, <laughs> panel. I gotta
2: tell you. I didn't you're know I was you an original.
1: Up. You're an original man. Original, Bless man. You. Originals here. <laughs> I didn't know
2: I signed, I didn't know I signed a contract to be with the pros, but I'm, I'm glad that
3: I got <laughs> called up. <laughs> no, nah,
1: you're you're not on the B squad. We know we we know mm-hmm. the vibes already. We know what it is. I so, appreciate Pastor, that. Pastor Mike Miller, how you doing, sir? Great, man. Great, man. This this is this is really a family conversation. Man. <laughs> for That's sure. Awesome, man. We have great. Greg Polius, who came from his kitchen. He's getting ready for the Thanksgiving <laughs> special tomorrow. Greg, how you doing, sir?
4: I'm, I'm doing well. I'm doing well.
1: <laughs> don't burn the house down, man. Come on. Don't take it. <laughs> my
4: name is not Carl Kulan, so that will not
1: happen. <laughs> and we have the football guide, uh, my cousin, Kenny Irby. Kenny, how you doing, sir? What up? Mike? check. Is my volumes all right? Yeah, you're good, sir. Kenny sound like he's
4: still in the studio.
1: (laughs) (laughs) No, we'll know when Kenny's in the studio. We'll hear his voice down the hall. When when, when Kenny's in the studio, we know we hear that. Um, (laughs) But today I wanted to talk about LeVar Ball and the parent role in sports. And that's what we're going to open today's segment with. First and foremost, let me just give a shout out to my panel right now are all fathers. And gentlemen, I don't know if you guys know this, but I look up to you guys as fathers being in the father role and everything that you do with your kids. Uh, I'm not a father yet, but I I hope one day when I am that I'm just man that you guys are with your kids. I love seeing Mike Miller play thumb wrestling with his with his son on Instagram. Mm-hmm. You know, I love Greg Polia's playing baseball with his with his son. Um, I, I love seeing Kenny with his daughters and and his son all the time, and Mike with his daughters. So, he got a special guest. Yeah, and look look at that. Yeah. Speaking of being a father, we have we, we have Greg well, with I, his daughter right now. You know, so just um, banging
4: on the door for me to open it. <laughs>
1: So I can't uh, praise you guys enough for being fathers out there and and, and doing well to, to your kids. But today we're here to talk about uh, parents and sports and Levar Ball has been the topic of conversation. Uh, A lot of people uh, feel that he's disrespectful the way he goes about, I guess, parenting his kids in sports. Some people don't have a problem with it. So I thought to myself, you know what, let's have the conversation with fathers who have, uh, you know, kids who are playing sports or who will one day play sports. So Mike, Miller, let me start with you. What are your thoughts on Lavar Ball and, and also parenting? And are you parenting your kids now and in, in, in putting them in different sports? And, and how do you go about it?
0: Well, man, thanks for this. This is a, such a great topic, too. And it's important, you know, having fathers here. Just parents in general uh, always have to be challenged with this. And I think uh, just particularly just for LeVar, you, it's it's a couple of ways you can look at it. You can see it as if if his ultimate goal was as he said to get his kids into uh, professionals, uh, profession the NBA. He got two out of three sons, so for him that's a success. But in a larger perspective, uh, this conversation, especially starting at at such a small level, my the, my oldest kid is six, so he just started in sports, and so it's kind of what is your what is your intended goal? So his goal, LeVar Ball's goal, was for them to be successful and, be at, and go to the professional level. But other parents, like for myself, that's not my goal for my children. My, I, my, the reason why my kids are playing sports, and particularly my son started playing basketball, was to socialize and connect with other with other kids, learn discipline, things of that nature. Things I teach them, but it can be in reinforced in 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 sports. So that's really what this question boils down to in terms of parenting: is what is your what is your intended goal? For your children, because if it is from a if it is from the standpoint of going professional, then that is how you will approach uh, not only the sport they choose, but how you parent them in that sport. If you take a different route where you're not solely focused on the professional level and you're worried about other other things within the sport, then that's also how you will you will approach your parenting style and it, with the sport and, and etc so. That's just my thoughts early on.
1: So, so Kenny, um, you haven't been really in favor of LeVar Ball and his antics. Could you elaborate a little bit on, on, on why you don't favor LeVar and, and, and how he parents and possibly how do you parent yourself in, in having kids
5: who, who, who do play sports? Well, my job is not to really judge anybody's parenting style or how they want to parent their kid. That's not my issue with it. It's more if I break it down even further. I don't think it's parenting. I, still, I just don't like the way he was basically became the poster child for being a black father because he's stuck around for his kids like that is an anomaly in some sort you know what i mean because uh if we're looking at success like archie manning had two kids who went first pick first round and got two super bowls apiece so it's not about fatherhood it's about black fatherhood and as far as black fatherhood yo you're supposed to be there for your kids you're supposed to guide and like my whole thing about being parenting is like you know uh, you're supposed to be there to support your kids, guide your kids, and then you let them breathe. You know, and my problem with Lavar Ball is like he did what he had to do as far as get his kids where they needed to be. I think his antics and his and his and just his personality got Lonzo to the second pick in the draft. I don't think his skill level, especially if you look back at the draft now and you see some of the people that went after him. I don't think his skill level at that time suggested he was the number two pick, but uh, but he played in a high profile school and his said some outlandish things and he became a household name off of that. And I think Magic Johnson wasn't necessarily great at his job, and he kind of fell for the Okie doke and he drafted him high when it was unnecessary when it, when there were later picks. There were people that went later that should have went higher than they did, right? Uh hindsight 2020. But it is what it is. But magic, I think, kind of fell for the Obi-Doke. But LeVar Ball, I don't think is necessarily the great choice to be the poster child for Black fatherhood in America. And that's my whole problem with it. You know, there's other people like you could get Kyrie Irving's father, who's a single parent and his his wife passed away at an early age, and he had to take care of his son and look at and look what his son became. You know what I mean? There's there's plenty of examples. Of athletes, you got uh you got the, the holiday brothers, all three of them are in the NBA. You don't see them boasting yeah. about like parents are supposed to support their children and then get out the way. He uses as, as an opportunity to kind of further himself business-wise, fame-wise. I think he wanted to get accolades that he meant not necessarily got when he was playing professional sports, and then he kind of I think he wasn't left with it. He did what he had to do by getting Lonzo picked. I think he should have stepped away. Instead, he tried to get more of the limelight, get more of the fame, get more of the adulation, and then it kind of became a detriment because now you got the middle son who people didn't want to touch uh really mess with like that, and then he takes the younger son out of high school so he could play overseas, and I just feel it was an unnecessary path, it was a harder path that he had to take when I think the the path You know, it was kind of laid out for him. So I just have a problem with his antics and him being the poster child of Black Fatherhood. You know, that's his thing. That's not necessarily he shouldn't be boasted because he stuck around and raised his kids. Like that's what you're supposed to do, bro. Right. You're supposed to open the door and say, you know, say, old lady's walking across the street. You want to help her across the street? Yeah, I don't even thank you for that. You know, (laughs) and and that was my whole thing about it. So okay.
1: um, So so So, Mike, are your daughters, in, um, Mike Phillips, are your daughters in any sports? Would uh, just jump into this conversation. What are your thoughts on Lavar Ball and how parents should uh, go about kids playing sports?
2: So, my my four year old daughter just got into competitive dance. Right, she's on a da- she's in a dance group that is going to be competing in Atlantic City, competing at different dance recitals. Right, so I'm not in the sports world just yet, but I but I could see as a fan of the sports and watching it and remembering when I was on the field there's a certain dynamic to fathers in the game or parents in the game for they're going to be your, your, biggest fan, right? My, my father passed away when I was younger. So my mother was my biggest fan. And my mother would always try to boost me up with my athletic ability. I knew I was horrible. I knew I was the, the 12th man. On the nine <laughs> Not man worse roster. than me, Mike.
1: Not worse Listen. than me.
2: <laughs> Listen, I knew I was the 12th man on a nine man roster, but At least she always made me feel number one. So there is always that ability to make a a child feel better about themselves, but it gets to go too far. So going off of what Mike and and Kenny both said, I think that a lot of fathers kind of take their, their children's athletic ability and they start living through it, right? So they start living through it and they start trying to aspire to be what their kids are going to be because they couldn't do it in their past life. They couldn't do it what they were doing. So that's why they pushed them even harder. And that's where you have the silver lining of whether or not it is detrimental to a to a development of a child or if it's just, you know, tough love. Because what I didn't like about LeVar Ball is yes, his goal was to get his children into, co- in, into the NBA. But LaMelo will never get a college education, at least for now. Where is his educational development? You know, one of those things that we say when we try to push children to go into the college, especially as athletes, is because you're a student hyphen athlete. You are both. You are getting an education and your athletic ability. Now, he did admit his abilities were to get his, – his main goal was to get his kids into the NBA. He did that. He put his kids overseas. He did it on athletic ability. But I can see also where his character – where he came out as a certain person with Lonzo because he had to have that certain verbato, because as Kenny said, to get his son, not only on an athletic ability, but get his name out there to push him even more higher into the draft. Once he had that verbato and once he had that character trait about him, there's no way of losing that. So of course he's going to come back with LaMelo. And of course he's going to have the same type of demeanor and the same type of talk, because that is who he is. So when you, when you look at the, the main focus of what a parent is supposed to do, a parent is always supposed to lift up a child. It's always supposed to lift up their child and always supposed to be their best friend and their biggest fan. But at the same time, you also need to teach them sportsmanship. You need to teach them sportsmanship. And if you're not teaching them sportsmanship because of your antics outside, what's really going to happen? And I also have a special fan. Come on. Say hi. <laughs>
1: hey, how you doing, baby girl? David i'm talking Mike. about you and dance
2: <laughs> so that's that's my that's my take on it that there's a silver lining of whether or not and, and it's it's a tough line to pass because you could either have tough love or you could be like my child is the best and i'm gonna make sure they're the best and you push them too far where they might actually not do well
1: okay because it takes over them polius you're you you're on the floor, you want me to let you cook? So go ahead and yeah, cook, sir. Yeah. <laughs> I,
4: I have a lot of disagreements with the panel, especially uh, Kenny and Mike Phillips, because what I'm hearing is a lot of conjecture, uh, projection, and um, uh, fit, fitting into media bias and narratives. So I'm gonna start with Kenny. You spoke about um, you know Black fathers and Black fatherhood and how LaVar became the poster child, right? LaVar didn't become the poster child because he wanted to. The media put him on that pedestal and pushed that narrative. The same way the media pushed the narrative that Black fathers are absent. So this is not something that LaVar was like, you know what, I'm the best Black father out there. That's what you took from it. Um, And then you said, you know, him putting himself out there uh, was problematic, but him putting himself out there also got Lonzo Ball, the second pick and got picked higher than he should. So that's, that's a contradiction in itself. So technically as a
5: father- had to get out the way also. I'm gonna get had to had that. You said you play. said
4: he, he had to get out the way, right? But this is where I say the conjecture comes in. You say he had to get out the way. Maybe his, your idea of parenting doesn't work for you. Uh, for his parents, it doesn't work for you, but it works for him. And I'm gonna give a quick example.
5: And that coach. was embarrassing, bro. That was embarrassing. That was that was bro. That was can crazy. I can, can I, can I speak? Me. Can I speak? Well you, you addressing me, so I'm addressing I, so you. So let, let me
4: finish and then you can address me after I finish.
5: Yeah, I'm good. I'll address you each point. Uh right. my memory.
4: So if I'm coaching on the field, right? And we've been practicing we have a, a set play and this play is not carried out how it's supposed to be, and this kid is the same one that's been messing up in practice all the time, messes up in the game. I rip into him on the field. On the outside looking in, other parents may be like, this guy's a horrible coach because of the way he treats his players on the field. Not realizing that in the backdrop, I've been working on this for hours on hours on end, and this is the fault of the player not coming through, but that same player that I, I, I chewed out on the field is also the same player that hits me up for advice Whenever he needs it, because he looks up to me as a coach-like figure, as a father-like figure. So it, it's all in the eyes of the beholder, right? Just because <laughs> what you see on the outside is what you think, that doesn't mean what it is. On top of that, and you saying he has to get out the way, and, and um, there was another point you made uh, about the uh, about Lamello, right? Now you said he should have stayed in high school who are you to say that what his son was the third pick of the draft so clearly what he did worked and to, to just Mike Phillips you said where's his education where is college going bro Where's college going Well, well, well way
1: You way. see you know as the professor in here that's a topic for another day we're not going to know. Don't topic for I'll another day. We're not we, we we're not we not
0: want to have listen, that. education. Do listen. as an educator.
1: No, listen, 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 as an educator I'm not going to sit here. I'm not going to sit here and allow you to say that as where's education. No, you got to let me finish. Education. I'm going to make you That's
0: not going to happen.
4: Bro, I want to be a college oh, professor, I, right? Oh, but you would have to I, let it go there. Let it go there. Let, I'm ready let me cook, let right? You said you was gonna let me cook. Let me cook. Go ahead. Let go ahead. ahead. You. Go ahead. What is the biggest issue with black families in this country? They don't build generational wealth, right? Lamelo is now in a position to get paid to start building that generational wealth. Okay, he is now set up in that framework. Just like Vince Carter, who who is probably going to go to the Hall of Fame, went back to school to get his degree, we as adults can always go back to school to get our degree. We have to stop pushing this narrative that it's college or nothing else. College is always going to be there. The the goal is to build for family, right? You can still build for family, being an NBA player, and then going to college. They have an offseason, correct? Who's to say they can't do it? And Vince Carter is not the only player that did that. So to, to say that, to, to give this cliche, like where's his education, to me, that's, that's a false narrative that we're trying to push. M- meanwhile, you got, he has three sons affiliated with NBA organizations. The JBA worked so much so that the G League took their model. So if we're going to say he's a bad parent, which is what I have issues with, we have to look at all the facts. Who said that? No, 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 that's No, 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 not one. no. No
0: one said he was a bad turn. No, no, no. No one, no one ever said that.
4: Too, Mike. But if you read social media forums, that is a lot of what is pushed at. But I'm not social no, media. No, no,
2: no, no. I'm Mike I'm social Phillips. Media. And I'm telling here. you, I didn't well, say listen, that. And if you're addressing this forum,
0: Nah, 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 I ain't cutting Nah, let me speak. Let me speak. OK, 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 great. Greg, Okay, okay, Greg, go ahead. addressed point. people. Would you think they're not gonna respond if he so addresses the same
4: way y'all had your all I disagree with majority of what y'all said, I waited yeah, my turn, yeah, I need y'all to say.
0: everybody's okay.
1: name, Greg. I need okay.
0: y'all to I do heard the, heard the heard same. Name. Okay, 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 guys,
1: guys, guys. Okay, Greg, you finish, finish your point, because the you rest mean? of the panel wants to chime in here. Go ahead. You, you called their name?
2: Bro. Go to mommy, go to mommy. Yeah. Mommy need you.
1: Go ahead, Greg. Go
2: ahead, Greg, we're
4: waiting. I'm sorry, I just got yelled at because my son's after school can hear because y'all got me hot. <laughs> but what I was saying made me lose my damn point, man. Go ahead, man. Y'all,
1: y'all, y'all killing me. Mike, <laughs> Kenny, Kenny, he 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 y'all. <laughs> I know. I'm just watching. What right. I'm saying I is mean, that oh. that whole education
5: Okay, Kenny, go ahead. Go ahead, Kenny. All right, first of all, I said it made LaMelo's uh, road harder, not necessary.
1: How, Sway? So
0: how did it make it harder? He's oh, now more prepared for the NBA. <laughs> can we hear him? We, we heard hard. you. We heard you, Greg. Let's hear <laughs> let's this man.
5: So he's a junior in high school, play, playing in Pasadena. And then you take, him, you take him to Croatia. You take him all over Europe. You take him to Australia. You take him, then he's playing in Cleveland. He's playing at a prep school. He could have just stayed in high school, Played one year at UCLA and has still been the third pick in the draft because You don't his name know that. High. That is like conjecture. Said, that's my point. His name is. His name was already out there. All he had to do was ball like he right, did. Right. Right. Yeah. He, the then, you know, they no he pulled
1: him from high school. He didn't pull him necessarily. He didn't necessarily go. Not go, But he pulled him from high school, right? But they had, had rankings on where Lamelo was, Lamello was, going, to go. was yeah. going to go. They had rankings.
0: It's not like point. Point. he's, he's now more go
1: prepared go for the NBA
0: more so than those guys in college because he played
5: against grown men before. So anyway, but wait then, a second, wait a second. Can I hold up Mike real, real quick? Okay. And as far as generational wealth, listen, my whole thing is like, he told, he told Lonzo not to take any of the sneaker deals so he could build his own sneaker brand. And then that, that failed. And then of course, and then he's hurting his ankles trying to promote his father's, his shoe line. And then he has to cut business deals with his father because it's stealing money from him. How is that building generational wealth? How is was that helping his kids out? It was him trying to, to basically build something for himself through his kids. He's using his kids as a tool to get for himself. And that's what I have a problem with. As I said before, I don't, I'm not here to judge people's parenting style, but as far as the, the, the aesthetics and the, and the media making him, uh, uh the, the post-child of black fatherhood, yeah, they did. And he leaned into it. He agreed with it. He didn't shy away from it. So that's what I have a problem with. You got it. Go ahead, Mike. You got it.
2: No, I got I got a big problem. I got a big problem with, with the fact that you're, you're talking about generational wealth. And I understand that. And I never knocked what LeVar Ball did. I knocked what he you did. You just did it. it. <laughs> First of all, let me speak now. You want to speak? I'm going to speak. You want to speak? I'm going to speak. speak, speak. Let's <laughs> go, You want to get me loud? I'm going to get loud. Uh, no,
0: Mike. Now, go ahead, Mike. Go ahead, Mike. Go ahead, Mike. You're putting
2: words Mike. in my mouth now. Come on, Mikey. Talk to him. First of all, what I said is what LeVar's goal was to get his kids in the NBA. Did he do that? Yes, he did. What I don't like is where is the education? Because if we're given generational wealth, we're giving the whole media aspect, as you like to call it, the fact that you can just leave high school, go overseas, and you can possibly make the NBA. That's what we're telling people. What you so need good. to do is for the generation that is not going to make the NBA, because I can tell you how many students I work with as an admission counselor that want to go to the NBA and want to play division one and can't even shoot a basketball.
4: But do because you, of what do they Do you see, judge everything on a blanket perspective? No, you take everything on a case by case
0: basis. Yo, let, no, yo, this is not all, a case by oh, case
2: basis. This, okay, this, okay, is, let let this me, is- Okay,
0: okay, 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 okay. So Mike is been it. patient. Okay, go, go ahead, Mike. Yeah. Mike. Let's first of all, let, a couple of things. You you Greg, you brought you 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 made it broad and talked about generational wealth. Can you explain why we don't we have a lack of generational wealth? Do you think it's because a lot of us aren't playing in the NBA?
1: No, the no, reason? I can I can answer that. No, it's basically no. getting educated on it. No, no, no the reason been... we don't.
0: No, the reason we don't have generational wealth. Is, okay, so just quick, we are gonna just do history now since we walked into it. Okay, there's 42 million people. That, there's 42 quote unquote black people that live in America. Eight million are Caribbean and African. Thirty six million are ADOs, American Descendants of Slavery. That 36 million, they went through 246 years of chattel slavery hundred years of Jim and Jane Crow. That's why we don't have generational wealth. It's not because a lot of us aren't playing basketball. I never, never said not- it was. No, but what I'm saying is, you brought that into this conversation as if LeVar was an individual being an individual capitalist. That has nothing to do with a community not having generational wealth. When you said the black community doesn't have generational wealth and you tie it to LeVar Ball, you're misunderstanding why we don't have generational wealth. LeVar, no, no, no. no, no, no. Don't tell me I'm missing it. LeVar being an individual. You misunderstood my point. That's what it is. No, but he's an individual. All I'm saying is, he's an individual capitalist. Him being an individual capitalist doesn't boost the generation, the the group of why we don't have generational wealth in the way that if LeBron James is a a millionaire, doesn't mean all of us have money. So I just wanted to to just dispel that notion that that's how we're going to get generational wealth is all of us play in basketball, where Mikey's point is most of us won't. Which goes back to Kenny's point, if we're talking about education, statistically, we all know this. People are more successful with a college education than without it. That's not, we can't debate that. We're not
4: debating that.
0: And that's what I'm saying. So that's their point, is that education, particularly- in the the middle son LeAngelo was taken out of college a four year degree at UCLA a top 10 school in this country prepares him for life but again if the if Lavar's only plan was basketball I get it but now that middle son doesn't get to play basketball what is his future now college we know this to be a fact 46% at least for at most people are more successful when they go to college in terms of economics. We know this. Now that son does not have that pathway. Now they're a rich family, so he may be able to get, he may be able to, to, to be an entrepreneur or whatever. But what Kenny's point, I think he's making, and what Mike's point is that you, Lavar, in his vision of what he wants them to do, cut them off from an opportunity to be successful on their own. So... Two things, right? Hold
1: on, hold on, hold on, hold on. <laughs> He's got to get to the parenting. Um, it's okay. Yeah, that, 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 that's all we got to do. But that's that, part of the right? job, man. <laughs> that's, that's part of the job. Me. Either I wasn't clear
4: enough or you didn't understand what I'm saying. And also, if you take issue with him pulling his kids out, do you also take issue with these college players that leave uh, after one year of school? Do you yes. take issue with that?
0: Yes. Mike? Because not a lot of them will finish. Not a lot of them will finish. But remember, Kenny's premise was in terms and the question of all of this is about parenting. And parenting means you guide your kids and lead them to the best path. And I think Kenny and Maggie's point was is that LeVar chose his own path for them, as opposed to giving them the opportunity to choose their own path. He took them out of college. Just because he had a vision that all three would go to the NBA, that was his vision. We don't know that that was their vision. We so, know that was his vision. That's so the
4: only point. I think I think Lamelo was
0: taking out either his sophomore or junior year or something like that, right? After he sold the, Le'Angelo was taken out after he sold it overseas. Wow. They took him out of school. My point was
4: to address Mike's point, saying that where is the education? Okay, when you ask a broad question like that. To me, you're not focusing on what actually matters, right? Which is what is the parent trying to do for the child? The parent is trying to get his child in the best possible position for him to land in the NBA, correct? That's what he was doing. Is that what it, you all said? Him
2: personally, yes, him personally. Yeah, that, that's yes. what we're
4: talking about. That's what you said he was doing. Okay. He accomplished that. And Kenny and say said it was harder, right? Is conjecture because we don't know that. And quick little like question for you, Mike Miller if my, cause you said it's all about, it's all about what the child wanted to do. When I went to, when I was going into high school and I was taking entrance exams for Catholic um, you know, schools and I wanted to go where I wanted to go and my parents were like, no, these are the three schools that you are going to put on your list. Is that bad parenting because my parents are telling me
0: what I'm supposed to do? Remember Kenny's point. Kenny said he never attached the word bad to the parenting. What he said was, is that his point was that in general, you made the role more difficult. And to your question, your parents should have given you the freedom to decide. Because again, part of our parenting means we raise our kids, teach them certain things so that when they get to a certain age, as Kenny said earlier, they're able to make informed and intelligent decisions, not us making decisions for them their whole lives. Yeah, but you know, but
1: but you know what, but Greg, I want to say this though. Um Pulling your kid out of high school and deciding where to go to high school, that's a different level of, of, of decision-making For for
4: Oh, a absolutely.
3: That, he's on, he's, on, the a projection.
4: he's, he's on the projection to be a top NBA pick. So playing against grown men was a calculated decision to get him more prepared no, for the NBA. But can we be
0: fair? Part of that was because he did not like the coach that they had. they had. Right. <laughs> they <were laughs> not going
5: really like the coach. He had a oh, I hate tantrum. what
4: you said, Kenny. Yeah,
5: had Kenny. The temper
4: Kenny. Temper tantrum.
5: He didn't like the coach, so he pulled his kids out of
0: school. So that wasn't, was a, to, it, it wasn't was the, the long term plan of going overseas. It was he didn't like the coach that they had and so got the coach fired. Can I, can I jump in for a second? Let me
4: be go? real clear. While I don't agree with everything LeVar did, but I think the way we paint him, right, in, in the media and as this quote unquote, you know, uh, glory hogs quote, we haven't seen LeVar in a while. On on media sets, why is that? Because when he was to- the media put him out there, they no longer put him out there. We don't hear him. All yeah, of a sudden, you
1: know why though, right? Because he said something to Molly Curran, ESPN. Yeah, and I remember and, that. And and he, and he stopped, and ever since then, you started seeing a little bit less of Levar on on. on too much. I mean, so much.
5: Much. Yeah. ties with him, so now his his brand is not what it was. Well, his so brand
4: right. is not what it was because his business partner stole money. Like no, listen, no, no, that
0: he
5: brought in to
0: his business partner. And he had a bad business model anyway. Though we ain't gonna get into that, bro. Listen, like, can I jump come in? in. Come like, can I jump yeah, in? go ahead. Go How ahead. did go he go have ahead. a bad business model All if right. the G League
1: stole the model? I'm talking we talk about big baller brand. That All that right. was okay, guys. That's one cool. second. Mike, go ahead, Mike, Mike, oh. Mike Phillips. I, I, wanna, I wanna I wanna
2: I wanna just share something for to, to put my point across with the education because I know that was a, a big topic that was brought up and, sure. and disputed. The reason why I bring up education and that fact of going to the most educational opportunities that you can is because, and I call, I'm sorry to use the word, but if, what if that athlete is to get severely injured in that sport? What are they going to do? Their contracts are no- Hold on, Like hold school on. is not going anywhere, bro. How many of them go back? Please look up the statistics. you the many admissions of them go director. Back? You tell me. How many of them go back? How many of them go back because at that point they're like, you know what? I'm already done with my career. I'm going to find something else. Let me and ask half a of them don't go back to school. Let me ask they you a question. Don't. Do we not
4: have continuing education systems for adults in this country in college? But do
2: they go back? Answer my you question. Can't, do you have you the can't statistics? give me a specific they go back. number.
4: You can't. Do no, they know. go back again? This is to conjecture. To you don't back. know. We had guys in the NBA that actually went back while in the league. And the NFL
2: oh, and MLB. Yes, we do have athletes that have done it. But I'm saying, do you have a That's like all of those students that have gotten left early from college went back and completed their degree, or the ones that did not go to college have gone back because they had a career-ending injury and now need a professional job and now don't have a college education so they're going back how many statistical numbers can you show me on that and i'm not talking about race i'm talking about everyone that has done it whether white black purple anybody it doesn't you matter are who you are the admissions director what I you give is me the numbers needs to be to be a biggest sportsmanship and being there for your Okay, guys, we're coming guidance. up on time.
1: Yeah, we're coming up on time. I just want to get everyone's final thoughts here. Kenny, what are your oh, final you were thoughts? To make, you were supposed to make this a whole topic. Funny, <laughs> I did, and you guys... Everybody
0: else? I'm sorry, I'm sorry, guys. We could do a part two. Had this type of energy, you were supposed to make
1: this a longer show. (laughs) (laughs) He was gonna come with the spice. We can make a reason next week. Listen, we can keep the fans wanting more and have them come back next week and do a part Mm -hmm. two. Uh, Kenny, what are your final thoughts here?
5: So, like I said, a parent's job is to guide support, and if opportunities rise from your child's exploits, then great, but to leverage your kids. To leverage fame and fortune out of it, I think that's when it gets a little out of bounds in my, in, for my taste, and that's what I feel like he did. He just lever- he leveraged his kids so he could build his own brand, so he could build a basketball league, so he could do the uh, the sneakers and, overs- and just say, look, I did it my way, and this is the right way, and yada, 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 and it didn't work out that way. Yes, his kids still got drafted, but I just feel like it was more... I mean, the middle one, didn't. it didn't work out for him. But the younger one, he was always a top prospect anyway. And then he just kind of, as long as he didn't mess it up, he'll, he'll do all right. But, you know, history, I mean, history will judge all at the end of the day. But I just, it, he left a bad taste in my mouth the way, with, the way everything went about.
1: Greg?
4: So when, when people start out in new business ventures, they don't always, like, this, what's the success rate of new business ventures? It's not very high unless you have, you know, significant funding behind it, or, or powerful people. Yet he was still able to get something off the ground and build a model um, in the JBA that was actually taken and used by the G League now. And that's the model they use. Uh, as far as the big baller brand, there definitely there were definitely some missteps there. Um, I don't, I, I'm not going to say, uh, agree with Kenya, he was <laughs> leveraging his kids future to, um, to, to, Put his own. I think he got a taste of the media limelight and felt he could use his image to push his kids further. To Kenny's point, Lonzo ended up being a number two pick and maybe where he shouldn't have been. Um, and I really think that if the end of the day, and and we keep uh, you know shitting on Jello, Jello is, uh, is is in the G League right now. He may not make an NBA league roster, but he's a lot closer than mo- a lot of people. You know what I'm saying? He's on uh, OKC's G League team. Okay, but,
1: um, Greg, go ahead. Were you done?
4: I was just about to finish. I'm just saying that we have to stop looking at it from this perspective, as he's not, uh, he's only about himself when the goal was to get his kids in the league, and he did that. Mike Phillips?
2: Well, first and foremost, Greg, I salute you. I could debate you all day, and I love it. Um, and you know, it's all out of love. So if we get heated, you know, it's always out of love.
4: Oh, but, I, oh of course, bro. Of course, bro. No. no but what it,
2: what it comes down to, what it comes down to is I, I feel like a parent is always supposed to be uplifting a, a child, right? They're always supposed to uplifting their child when it comes to athletics, when it comes to competitive sports, you know, yes. Th- is there a talent that's there? Absolutely. If you see a talent there, you're going to want to push it. You're, you're going to want to help that, that, that child grow. And hopefully it turns into something. But at the end of the day... Some parents take it too far. Some parents push it where it's that's the end all, be all. And it's not, and, and sometimes that's a detriment of the child, where it's pushing them too hard in the weight room, pushing them too hard on the court, where if they don't score 50, you're yelling at them in the locker room. You know, stuff like that. It, 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 that's what I mean by the fine line. And you got to be careful with that. With LeVar Ball, I understand what his end goal was and I appreciate what he did for his children, putting that their needs first with the athletics. I don't, I have problems with the educational part and I explained why, but I explained that on a holistic approach, whatever whatever LaMelo does in the NBA, whatever Lonzo does in the NBA, whatever LiAngelo does in the NBA, whatever they do, I understand it. But at the end of the day, he did what he had to do to get them there. But I think Yes, I understand that the media took it too far, but there was also him as a character that he created. He had to be the villain and he still is. And he creates himself like that and wants the media to continue to produce that.
0: Pastor. Man, this is such a great conversation and the media man only gave us a short amount of time. So we'll, <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll forgive him for his misstep, but, um, but um, I... I in general, to, to, to our point of parenting and sports, you know, LaVar notwithstanding, I just want to, uh, just a note specifically for the quote unquote black community. I think it's time we have this deeper conversation and in general about our direction for what we want our children to do. Are we always so driven for our kids? Listen, we got enough people that are willing to see us sing and dance, but at some point we have to start asking why is it that we're 81% of, of the MBA? We're only we're 13% of the population, we're only four percent of doctors and four percent of psychologists, and particularly black men with psychology and a black community having all the trauma, all the stress that we have, needing psychology, and black women with right. the highest infant mortality rate that's going up. We need more black doctors.
1: Well, so not even to st- add well, you know what? To add to that too, only 2% of black males are teachers in this country. Right.
0: So when we start, and and we all talked about it, when we start talking about parents, and our job as parenting, and what we would like to influence our kids and and push our kids to, Are we gonna have a deeper conversation about, is it only just, well, they made it it, to the NBA, and so now that makes us successful, almost to Kenny's point of why is the bar so low, where it's just being a good basketball player now makes you a success, as opposed to you are the doctor that cured cancer, or you are the person that came in your community, studying mental health up to the doctorate level, and you start helping these kids deal with their trauma of their friend getting shot down the block? Like, when when are we going to start to have those conversations? Because oh. those are those deep dives that we have to go oh. to in in this larger conversation about parenting and sports and how it intersects. And that's the more influential
4: conversation. Carl, go ahead, ahead, Greg. I just want to address, Mike, those conversations are happening within the community. The problem is you turn on the 11 o'clock news and it's negative, negative, negative to the last five minutes of the episode. You know what I mean? The the media pushes a negative stigma on our community and it's been that way for
0: decades. And And that's why we have these convos to change that. And look, LaVar's, look at, look at, look. We knew he was coming, and yes. you let him in. he had purpose. to wrap it up. No, I did,
1: be because, because I'm going to let him wrap up. I'm going I, I to I, I let him in at the yeah, end. Anthony, yeah. Two, yeah. Anthony, one minute, go. One minute, your, your, your thoughts on this, because I know you want to talk about Uncle LaVar. Damn, man. got out, out the elevator, I had to get on. <laughs> yeah. Go ahead, I know. Yo. Go ahead, go ahead, bro.
3: For one, y'all need to stop all the false narratives. Stop all of the uh, emotions and everything. Trying to basically your preconceived notions. Trying to push them forward after they were again proved wrong by my uncle Lavar because again he spoke it into existence and he told you and you and what he said happened. What happened? Huh? He said Did all three. And he, he told lady. us all three. He told yo, us Kenny, all you three. You look so interested yeah. in what Ant has to say. So, Yo, hey, I just want to see. It,
0: yo, can you just cut us out and let Ant and Kenny talk? No, <laughs> no, no, no. I mean, <laughs> that's all I
6: want.
1: Mean, they
0: Andy still have Andy. each other I
1: mean, blocked. I mean, you know what's Andy. funny? Kenny still has him blocked on Facebook. Kenny,
0: is he still blocked? Yeah, <laughs> yeah,
3: yeah, yeah. Especially for him. I mean, how is the business not good in his business? Did you get your case? Huh? Did you get your kicks? Did you get your big baller brand sinkers? No. <laughs> I, don't hear it. I said I ordered <laughs> Didn't you order the slides? You got the slides. Right.
0: <laughs> no,
1: three years ago. No. ordered them? Kicks. No. Did you get oh, you
3: know them when was Mike like, was living in New I York? You know. you, no. Mike.
1: He ordered them when you were living in New York. That's how long ago. Yeah.
3: what I'm doing. You his
2: business
0: partner, took your money.
3: What I, what I, 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 you I, you know, I He
0: you know why I'm asking him. <laughs>
4: what I ordered Now again,
3: let's go back to again. His business partner was able to steal millions. How was it not a good business if they made millions? You didn't use, oh, I'm checking YouTube and stuff. What?
5: He stole Lazo's money.
3: <laughs> that again? He said he, said he stole Lazo's money. money. You heard what he said? <laughs> you heard what he said? <laughs> <laughs> Lazo's money if that was profits, what do you mean? I don't
0: know, man. Some shady business going on in Big Ball. Um, all check, right, all right, you
3: check, know what, like, like I your, said. Check, we'll check your YouTube and, and, and see the lines that was down a block or whatever. And I, I had video when I was at the JBA game and the Lions was, was again You went to around. a JBA game? Of course I did. What do you mean that I go to a JBA game? <laughs> you
0: support the family. I respect that. You support the family.
5: Of I respect course that. I did. But he didn't play none of the players. Game. What? <laughs> he didn't pay the players. So of course he had the money. That's it? get paid.
3: paid. get paid. They, they, they didn't get paid. They didn't get paid. They really didn't. Nobody
1: got paid, bro. They did get paid. What are you talking they about? That's why the league folded. They, the, the game, they, <laughs>
3: they had no. for, nobody one, nobody the got fall, for two. They didn't get paid. It was just two uh, or three that, players uh, who was. It was just two or three players <laughs> that was saying they didn't get paid again <laughs> because because the guy who was running it was robbing everything and messing everything <laughs> hey, up, bro. All right. So guys, without you without so that no, happening, y'all don't, it, don't it, have anything to say. That's and, not LaVar's fault. Tell Anthony, me what about that is LeVar's fault. Anthony,
1: we'll do a part two next week, bro, if you want. We'll do a part two next week. No, you. I mean,
3: tell me what about that is LeVar's fault. Did he pick that the business it. partner? Did he pick I can't even partner? hear you. That's you too much picked to him? Did he pick the huh? business partner? Did he pick him? Did he, did he what? give him
5: access to the funds?
3: Huh? He gave huh? him access to everything. Yeah, he's, he's, he's a bad did. judge of character.
5: <laughs> what is that, then? That's
3: all. Who do you blame? But who do you blame? <laughs> <laughs> who do you blame? <laughs> <laughs> the manager's man, Everybody Oh this. my god. It
1: happens. <laughs> nah, a a man.
0: Character, man. Uh,
1: he's, man. He's, you guys, think, the you know, you
0: guys the take care of
3: us. I'll talk to you guys soon. You
0: That's
1: guys
3: take care thank you for joining me. That's all I want to That's some donkey's for.
1: Anthony, I'll talk to you later. And Listen, we'll do a part two, I promise. No, the you know, Right, Mike? <laughs> yeah. China, right? You guys take
3: care.
1: Huh? <laughs> later, bro. Later. You're watching this by the fans my and God. for the fans live on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Thank you for another. Big interview. baller.
3: You already know Big B. Are you done? Can I transition no, to the next segment big now? Big B. My never. God. He was I'm supposed to to go number one, but they hated. So he went to Jordan, number three. It's I'm trying to good, transition
1: though. to my next segment, and you're blocking me.
3: I'm time. sorry. It's my fault. It's Thank all me. good. Thank you, man. I
1: love you, bro. Thank you so
3: much. You're already. Love you, too. Later.
1: You're <laughs> watching the Sports Hit List by the fans and for the fans live on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. We're transitioning to our next segment. Jason Kidd, Chris Paul, or Steve Nash, as my contributors come in. Um, they're, they're joining us. Ziggy Zig, are you here? Andres, are you here? Yes, you know, sir. What's yes going on? Is Listen, it safe? I got to keep the people wanting more, man. safe? I know you got, it's safe. I know you guys wanted to see the rest of that segment, but I had to keep the people wanting more. You get what I'm saying? Like, I, Listen,
7: I, 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 understand I, I understand what you're saying, man, but that was a wonderful segment. Like, I was very in tune to it. I don't have yeah. kids myself, but I enjoyed that.
1: Yeah, it was definitely one for the ages. And you know what's crazy? And you know how these segments have developed, for those who don't know. We're in the group chats daily. Like, the Hit list has, like, a different group chat for every single sport. And we we're talking about LeVar, and I said, you know what? Let's have this conversation, and I knew we, we know what Kenny can bring. We know what Mike Mike Phillips can bring. I didn't see that side coming from Mike Phillips at all, but he definitely did bring the heat. Shout out to him, and we know what Greg can bring. Oh, now, him. come on. We
3: know
7: Mike from SFC days. We know how he give it up. For it's sure, a matter for sure,
8: of time. For sure. Mr. Numbers, how you doing, sir? I'm doing amazing as always, brother. You know the vibe's healthy, working. It's all we can ask for. God bless. Manny Schefter, what's up, sir?
9: What's going on, gentlemen? Yo, that last convo, that was spicy.
1: Yeah, think, that's what we do I here think, in the Hitler streets. That's what we do here. I think
9: security in the building was about to pull up and like, yo,
1: where's Kenny at? Man? <laughs> and we got the co-founder, Mr. Ziggy Zig himself. How you doing, sir?
7: What's going on, man? What's going on? I'm glad to be here. And Manny, you can take off that garbage nest jacket. <laughs> Watch so, your mouth. Uh, this Watch segment, your mouth.
1: Uh, I got to give the, the flowers and Ray Jarvis's words to uh, Mr. Andres Rivas. He tagged me. He said, Carl, you know what to do. He... He basically mentioned Chris Paul and Jason Kidd, I believe it was. And then I think Steve Nash got torn into So I said, you know what, let's have ourselves a, a triple threat uh, a match here at the Sports Hit List where we talk about all three players, Chris Paul, Steve Nash, and Jason Kidd. So Andres,
8: the floor is yours. You believe Chris Paul is better than the other two. What's your case? Yes, sir. Well, I mean, before we get started, you know, I'm not, I'm not an inspirational speaker, but I do like to say some words. Um, first of all, happy Thanksgiving to all the people that are watching us. Whatever conspiracy theory you have about Thanksgiving, just throw it out the window. Like me personally, I celebrate Thanksgiving because I'm thankful. Thankful I have family. Thankful there's food on the table. Thankful I got to see another day. You know, a lot of people don't get to see another day. A lot of people don't get to see food on the table. So we got to be thankful for the little things in life, even though we're in the midst of the 2020 crisis. But we're healthy. We're working. There's food on the table. What more can you ask for? So Amen. happy Thanksgiving to all the families that are watching us out there. That's for one. Number two, I mean, what's not to say about Christopher Emmanuel Paul, the point guard, uh, the greatest point guard that I've seen with my two eyes besides Mr. Wardell, Stephen Curry, who I believe is the second greatest point guard of all time. Chris Paul, when you think about Chris Paul, you think about a leader, you think about sacrifice, you're thinking about someone that can impact everyone around him, you're thinking about efficiency, you're thinking about um, someone that is a superstar, and the league was like, you know what? We can't let this guy team up with Kobe Bryant. Like, that's how good Chris Paul was in his prime. So when you think about Chris Paul, you think about assists, steals, rebounder, points per game, for general, the point guard. I mean, we're going to get into it soon, but I'm going to leave those in a few words. Ziggy Zig, you're making the case for the two-time MVP. What's your case?
7: Rightfully so, the two-time MVP. Steve Nash, one of the greatest point guards to ever grace the NBA floor. I'm giving it to him. Uh, You heard Andres talk about efficiency. I definitely don't think of efficiency uh, when I hear Chris Paul. That more so goes to Steve Nash. I'm talking one of uh, seven players to be in, what is that called, the the 50, what's that club called? 50-40-90
8: club. 50-40-90 club,
7: club. exactly, right? And he came close again, but he got uh, 50-40-88. So Steve Nash was one of the most efficient point guards capable of shooting. I'm not even going to get into the, the part about his passing um, his passing skills. I'll leave that when we get into the full debate. But Steve Nash, efficiency, uh, great great shooter. I won't say scorer, great shooter from all levels of the floor.
1: So Manny, I know you're the resident Jason Kidd in the Nets fan. <laughs> Clearly, as we can tell, you got the Nets throwback on. You got the Net Brooklyn Nets hat on. So um, what are your thoughts here? How does Jason Kidd even fit into this conversation? He don't. <laughs> oh, you don't. Okay. Okay, Zip. Anyways, my man was the first
9: player to ever record 15,000 points, 10,000 assists, and 7,000 in rebounds as a point guard. This man paved the way for all the point guards that we have currently in this day. Obviously, he's not the one to be the one to give you the 34 points, 40 points and stuff. This man was Mr. Triple Double before Russell Westbrook. Let's remember that. This man has 107 triple-doubles career-wise. And he was third all-time in triple-doubles. But obviously, we know LeBron and Russell will beat that record. Perfect. Let's put some respect on Jason. Let's put respect on Jason Kidd's name. This man turned an entire franchise around. Literally, in his first season joining, his first team, when he was with the Suns, before he got drafted by the Mavericks, when he was with the Suns, He went to the playoffs every single time he was with the Suns for five years. The minute he gets traded to the Nets, the Nets before that had 26 wins. What happened his first year with the Nets? 52 wins. My man took him to the finals, put up great numbers to help his team excel. Obviously, we got swept by the Lakers. No team in the East was beating that Lakers team. I'm sorry. Rest in peace to Kobe. And Shaq, one of the greatest centers of all time. They were not beating them. Let's just remember that. And we pushed the Spurs to six games. What have your two guys, what have your two guys have done going to the finals?
1: Mm, That's a great point. I don't think his two players have been to the finals. The other two haven't. So
8: that's, That's a fair statement.
1: So, so when we take a look at it, we have individual accolades for Chris Emmanuel Paul and also for Steve Nash, individual accolades, but Jason kidd has a team accolades to help his team. So Ziggy, what do you have to say for that?
7: Steve Nash is better than Jason Kidd. That's all I got to say about that. You <laughs> understand
1: what I'm saying? Jason,
7: Kidd, Jason Kidd, for all the, the, the point guard duties that, you know, he de- developed and brought to the NBA that we got to witness, um, watching him as the Phoenix Sun and as a New Jersey Net and as a Dallas Maverick, because I'm going to give him that, and as a New York Knicks, He definitely was doing his thing, but um, I'm not giving that to him. I'm, I'm taking that from him. I'm giving that to Steve Nash. Manny could sit here and talk about, how Jason Kidd came over in his first season and developed the team and yada, yada, yada. Steve Nash came from Dallas, right, to Phoenix for his first season. What did he do? He won an MVP. What did he do with Phoenix? From 29 games the season before, they improved all the way to 62. I believe that's a that's a, a, a further margin in comparison to what Jason Kidd did. So Steve Nash, is, like I told you before, is better than Jason Kidd to me, in my opinion. I see a lot of, a lot of, a lot of, I'm not I'm trying not to curse, but I feel a lot of nonsense <laughs> in the comments here. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm gonna man, let you go,
1: So, okay, so now, so now we talk about the team accolades, Jason Kidd bring his team to the finals, Steve Nash able to bring his team to 60 wins. Could we make that argument for Chris Emmanuel Paul when it comes to the team uh, accolades? Andres.
8: So when we think about Chris Paul, We think about the only player in NBA history to lead the league in steals per games in four consecutive seasons. We think about the only player in NBA history to lead the league league in assists and steals in at least six seasons. We think about a 10-time NBA All-Star, four-time All-NBA First Team, seven-time NBA All-Defensive Team. The Clippers, prior to Chris Paul, they only had seven playoff appearances. In the six seasons with Chris Paul, they made the playoffs every single year. So just like Manny wants to use that, that logic of Jason Kidd, yada, 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 whatever, whatever we want to say about Jason Kidd, (laughs) the Clippers never missed the playoffs with Christopher Emmanuel Paul. Christopher Emmanuel Paul in his 15 years in the NBA, he only missed the playoffs once. And that was because he was injured. He averages more points per game, more assists, more steals, higher player efficiency rating, higher offensive win shares. He has a higher bucks plus minus Um, regular season wise. He's the man. Now, now, I know what you guys are going to say. Oh, well, what did he do in the playoffs? Why couldn't he get us team to a conference finals? I'm glad you said that. When, when Chris Paul in 2010 got hurt and then he was, like, testing up free agency, um, he was supposed to get traded to the Lakers. And if you've been living under a rock, if you've only been watching the NBA for two or three years, you still know this because the NBA talks about it. We talk about it here in the Sports Hit List. All the Laker fans talk about it. Chris Paul was supposed to get traded to the Lakers, and David Stern, who had the rights of the Hornets at the time, he was like, you know what? No, that's just not going to happen. They were protecting their glory boy, Mr. 23, for the Chicago Bulls. We're not going to talk about that. Chris Paul finished top 5 in MVP in 08 and 09. He brought the Hornets from a, ten- a lottery team to a 56-win team, and Chris Paul could have arguably not going to say he should have – could have arguably won MVP in 2008. A lot of people like to say – well, listen, Jason Kidd brought the Nets to the finals. Okay, that's a cute story. You can't control who you play, but guess how many 50-win teams the Nets played in those two years? One, guess how many teams that won 40-plus games made the NBA Finals in NBA history? Fifteen. The last team to win only 40-plus games and make the NBA Finals was the old 3 Nets. The, the, the team brought, um, prior to them was the 81 Rockets. The 81 Rockets only won 40 games. They won 40 and 42 and they lost to the Boston Celtics, led by Larry Bird.
1: Manny, what do you have to say for that? Manny, are you, are you rolling your eyes over there? <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't seem to be paying attention. <laughs> Listen
9: here. We all wish that CP3 did go to the Lakers. We no, all we know do. that. No, we
1: don't. Stop. Well, me. you ahead. obviously. Oh, oh hell yeah, we do. <laughs> no, no, yet, we do No, we don't. But go ahead.
9: So we understand that. But Chris Paul, the difference between Jason Kidd and these two other point guards. Chris Chris Paul and Steve Nash are scorers, scoring point guards. What? Jason Kidd was a patch. Jason Kidd was a patch first point guard. Steve Nash was not a pass first point guard. With the Suns? Yeah. My man, my man put up what, 30 points,
7: 20 points, and stuff like that? He didn't average
1: that much as a, He as a,
7: averaged 15-11 for his first season. He wasn't a scorer, he was a pass first guy, man. Even he when he was the playing MVP in
1: Dallas, ever.
2: he was so a man.
7: Okay,
9: but all right, this you got is. that. <laughs> but for, but first, first off, first off, calm down, because also in his first year with the Nets, Jason Kidd got snubbed for the MVP. Let's let's be real
8: here. Okay, so that's like me saying Chris Paul got snubbed for the MVP too. Chris
9: Paul got better stats than all. Chris Paul was was Chris Paul. No, was Chris Paul ever MVP or any, any won, top man. five or anything Probably. like that?
8: He was. Mean, no, he not not that. Oh wait! I mean, oh wait! He was. Oh, wait, yeah. Oh wait! In oh wait! Oh, 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 he oh, nine, was. Oh, nine, he oh, nine, he, he was. He was and then oh, 08 He finished okay. second behind
9: Cole. Also, Ziggy, you're talking about Steve Nash and stuff. Look at the teams that he had. Look at the players that he had. When did Jason Kidd have a guy like a Murray Stoudemire on his team? Now, granted, that's not his fault. He played in with his team. They got him whatever. But you compare those teams that he played, and also let's not forget, Jason Kidd played in the West as well. So if we're going to try to throw this, all. Oh, he played in the East. They were weak. Andres, I'm talking about you. 50-plus teams, Jason Kidd doesn't need to play, win 60-plus games to make it to the finals. He helped his team. He was the main focal point of that team. Without him, they were not going anywhere. The Nets were going to be garbage without him in those years if you take him out. But you could say that's the, the biggest...
7: about <laughs> Dad,
9: So back.
8: wait, wait, wait. So tell me about When Jason Kidd, after Jason Kidd turned 33 years old, he became a role player in Dallas. When okay. CP3 was 33 years old, he was he was up 3-2 on the Warriors. When Steve Nash was 35 years old, he went to six games with the 2010 Lakers. So what's Jason Kidd's excuse for his peak not being... Um, well, going for his to- oh, you know
1: what, but you know what, to be fair, though, think about when Jason Kidd, he did go to a Jason Knicks team, and then the Knicks team won 50 games that year. Stop it, stop it, stop I'm, it. I'm stop just it, being fair.
0: It, Let's it, be it, honest
1: here. That's not a oh, lie. That's a, make a make fact. I'm, ju- I'm just making a fact. I'm just making a note, though. That, that Jason
7: Kidd, and I watched that team. Jason Kidd was absolutely amazing in that run with the Knicks. By the time the All-Star break came around, Jason Kidd was tired. He gave us basically nothing for the rest of the season and into the playoffs, so let's not. Don't give me that. That's bullshit. Chris Paul just grown. turned
8: thirty-five years old, and the son said, "You know what? We need to pair him with Devin Booker." Were they were the Mavericks doing that with Jason Kidd at thirty-five? No, they were a 1st run exit. At thirty-five,
9: what happened in twenty
8: eleven? He was a role player. He wasn't the he point was guard. He wasn't he was on, a star. <laughs> Who said he, he was,
5: was a, star? a star? He was a role player.
8: I-
9: he wasn't a star when he was with the Mavericks. The second stint.
1: We know that the second he played thing. his role, yeah.
9: but he was the he was one of the main guys to help out with that team to win. The okay, so let's talk about this. Athlete. Okay,
1: so let's talk about this. though. starting a franchise, you look at all three point guards that have great dynamic, and you you, you can't go wrong. Who do you start your franchise with? We
9: already know my answer: Chris Paul,
1: Pete Nash. <laughs> Listen, <laughs> but why? Make me a case. I'm starting a franchise. I have these three guys in the draft. Knowing what you know, who do you take?
8: Chris Paul. Because because he was he was a better floor general longevity he was a score first point guard and he could give you ten assists a game his peak was longer than Steve Nash he wasn't and he wasn't as efficient as Jason Kidd was
1: Zig
7: You're looking – if you're looking to build – if you're looking to build, right, on a team – if you're looking to build a team and you're looking to grab a point guard, you want to grab Steve Nash, as I said, for the reason being that he was efficient, efficient. In today's NBA, you are seeing what it means to have a wonderful scorer, a wonderful shooter on your team. You see what it is now in today's NBA. If Steve Nash did not have the the spinal injury that took out his career, who knows what could have been – or let's just say if he was playing in this time with the Trey Youngs and the John Morants and those guys. We know that he would be killing and Carl know how you feel about that word. If, but I don't give a damn about what you got to say about it. We don't give a damn what Carl got to say. You understand (laughs) what I'm saying? And on top of that, Steve Nash, he can, he showed you in Dallas that he can be the third option between behind Michael Finley and Dirk Nowitzki and still be an effective piece and still do it as a, as the main guy, as we saw in Phoenix. All right. You could sit here and time out all you want. Steve Nash, was the third option on Dallas, and then he started to rise towards the end of his tenure with that team.
8: Wait a minute, didn't? Carl, Um, how many times did the Mavericks make the finals with Steve Nash? Zero, correct? Mm, good point. After Steve Nash left that team, what did the Mavericks do in 06? They made it to the finals. They, they made, made it to, to the, the finals.
7: Too. That's a great point. I can't, so you're saying because there's not on that team, you're gonna blame Steve Nash for the? I'm not. Listen, I'm not, not blaming. I'm
5: he, not. Fact. I'm, I'm just he, dealing he, with the fight, listen,
1: bro. Listen, as much as listen, he, he gave a great fact. I gotta give him the, the, the points here for that one. That, that that's a good point. We, we, we can't sit here and deny that point. That's all I'm saying.
7: It's cute. It's cute. Is what it is.
1: So Manny, why do we start with Jason Kidd if you're starting a franchise?
7: Because you could
9: build players around him. He makes better players better. You could argue with me with that all day, but let's not forget Jason Kidd plays defense as well. Yes, Chris Paul plays defense, but Jason Kidd was j- just as great as the defender. Plus, a point guard getting more rebounds than big men. Come on, bro. Are you serious right now? This man hit from th- he's top ten in three pointers, mate. Top ten. Where's Chris Paul at? Where's Steve Nash at in that? So top 10,
2: but he can't even so, shoot the so
9: so, oh, so, so
8: Jason Kidd is a better defender than Chris Paul. But Jason Kidd has four times NBA all defensive first team and Chris Paul has seven. Explain that to me. <laughs>
9: <laughs> How many steals Chris Paul has? He was, wise,
8: leader, you know, he was the leader. was the leader in they, aren't six they playing times somehow? six times six seasons. Only player in six NBA history to do that.
9: And you said Jason Kidd was only what four times? Four times.
8: Well, I, I'm saying NBA NBA all defensive first team four times, yeah.
7: Okay. And they could y'all could sit here and talk about all of this. Oh, bit of better was Hold on. Third.
9: You said he was four. You said he was four-time All Defensive. NBA All Defensive. Because last I checked, he was nine
8: times. No, no, all around. I'm talking about first team. I'm talking. Th- you're talking about all around. I'm talking about first team.
5: The <laughs> argument I mean, that I have I against
8: again. Nash, <laughs> by the way, is his peak was too short. Zig. I don't know if you could agree with that.
7: Uh, no, listen, I, to, to be honest, I think when it's all said and done, when CP3 hangs it up, CP3 is going to be better than Steve Nash. In my opinion, CP3 will be better than Steve Nash for all the reasons that you mentioned. I really wished we got an opportunity to see how he was in, um, with L.A. With LA being able to uh, get to the finals, at least. I felt they underachieved. He spent a lot of time tolling around in the first round for a little bit and then getting bounced in the second round. So it would have been amazing to at least see him uh, be able to uh, get at least a trip to the championship, as we saw with uh, Jason Kidd uh, three different times. Unfortunately, I right.
8: respect to Mr. Dwight Howard, but Kobe was too busy babysitting that year telling Dwight, you're not the man in L.A. So that's another. <laughs> so
1: name. to wrap up, Manny, final thoughts here. I'm just going to go
9: Jason Kidd because I'm biased and I'm a Nets fan. And I'm going to stick with Jason <laughs> Kidd. I don't really care what you have to say. This is still, Jason Kidd is <laughs> still my GOAT. I respect the Odyssey, bro. I respect hey, the Odyssey. 94, I'm going to stick with him. Obviously, the other two gentlemen actually put up great points for their guys. And I give them respect for that. But Jason Kidd still better right. than both of them. You catch these <laughs> hands after the holidays. <laughs> Ziggy.
7: <laughs> Listen, man, you already heard my case for Steve Nash. I Again, I like efficiency. I like the game that he played. A lot of people spend a lot of time talking about his Phoenix days, but they don't talk about his Dallas days as well, where he was running the show as the point guard while Dirk led the way scoring. Um, you can't go wrong with either of these individuals. Um, they all brought their own success, as we saw um, growing up and watching these guys. But Steve Nash is the man that I'm gonna go with, and screw everybody that's in the comments saying that he's last. I don't give a damn what any of uh, y'all got to say. Okay, going fight.
8: <laughs> Andre's final thoughts. <laughs> Listen, man, Christopher Emmanuel Paul CP3, the point guard. Um, his longevity, his steal and assists, his IQ, uh, just being able. I mean, we saw it in 2018 when the Rockets gave up their core for Chris Paul. They were able to go up 3-2 on the Warriors. They won 65 games. Um, Chris Paul faced 15 teams that won 50-plus games in the playoffs. Jason Kidd only faced, like, I think it was two or three during his prime. The East in the 2000s was weak. This goes all to the 23 fans, too, that loves bragging about the 0-7 run. The East during conference in the 2000s was the weakest it's ever been. That's
9: We're not to gonna
1: here and do that, man. I call, call.
9: Already. What is it, call? What is it that we that you guys always say when you guys do debates? debate? Just was jackets. We can't, we can't. He did change jackets,
1: by the way. I did peep that. Yeah, you did. Listen, we can't hold who they, Like <laughs> I hate when we use that argument. Like, but call, but call, We can't hold, hold that against call, the player who they played it, against. Isn't
9: that isn't it when you guys are arguing and debating and stuff like that? We can't control the fact that Jason Kidd started in '94. Steve Nash started in '96. We can't, we can't go by that. We it's can. Based on their yeah, errors, so they, they played. Yeah. That's it. But that's what you—you you just said oh, all. No, 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 no. I said, I said, I said,
8: I said. Besides the fact that you play, who's in front of you? What's more impressive? If you face a so wait, so wait. Versus... What years
1: were you saying that East was weak? Give me, give, give, give me a range again. What years? What years? Early 2000s, 2001.
8: Uh, early 2000s, late t- until like 08, 09. You so that means,
1: so to use your logic, that means the heat run was, was weak because it was, it was the, the East was weak into 06. We,
8: the Pistons won 60 games, bro. What are you talking about? But I'm, I'm saying what you said. The Pistons I said what you said. Pistons. Listen, you notice how up, it changed, right? Hold up, hold, hold up. You hold see
1: hold, how it changed, right? Hold, hold I just the said, I. you know what? Hold on one second. I specifically asked him what years because I set him up for the trap. And and you know I'm right. No, he, that's he a terrible debate. That's terrible. Oh wait, the East was the weakest Over. it's ever been. So I can sit here and say, well, the Miami Heats
8: championship was was weak because the East was weak. Okay, that's they okay. Won. They played they played two they played a 51 team and a 61 team. You know how many 51 teams in that's not play going to one. your point
1: though. So my point that is, is going to my point. We can't, say point. That, we can't sit so here and say
8: is that. This say and say. Is this guy the moderator? Is this like <laughs> is this like I
1: had to call the spade a spade? I'm sorry, I had to switch my hat on. I'm sorry. I, I for some reason that just irks me when someone says say, oh, We have oh, to stop man. doing that. This it's not hypocrisy. We have to stop doing that though. We have to stop saying the East was weak. We have to stop saying that though. It you was. Have to, say
10: that.
8: The facts are there, bro. So hold right, right, on, call.
9: So apparently, so apparently he said the East was weak during those years, right? So I guess the Celtics wrong was weak too,
1: right? It, it if we're going by his lot if we're going by his logic, I'm not gonna mention okay. my team what? because I know the it's Celtic what? what happened
8: with the Celtics? He said that you're saying that the Celtics. Said, uh, yeah, you're saying weak. the Celtics run was weak as well. The 08 run, yes. The '08 Celtics most overrated championship team in history. What? Oh <laughs> shit! I'm gonna let Carl handle that one. <laughs> look at no, that! He put he put the bait. He, he threw me the leu. Oh, look at no, that! I'm not
1: gonna say anything. I, I, I'm tired of debating that. Oh, I'm, I'm Carl! Seven games with Just the eight seed
8: Hawks. Seven games with the Cavs. Six that's games fine. with the Pistons. I can sit here and take call. blows at him too, but yeah, I'm not gonna, gonna sit here and do that about
1: how. Listen, I could sit here and say how Shaq and and, and, and LeBron saved this guy's career, but we're not going to do that. So I'm. I'm gonna he didn't, him. though. He didn't, though. Listen, it is what he it didn't. is. I mean, I'm not going to sit here. Like, listen, without Shaq, oh, i say LeBron. But he, oh, he wants to be petty. I word. can be just as petty. It is what it is. You guys, uh, thank oh, you for joining
8: me. What, what happened, Andres? One more thing. Um, rest in peace to Diego Armando Maradona. I'm not wearing his jersey right now. But for if, sure, even if you don't watch soccer, you know who this is. It, it's just like the Pope, just like... Um, he was an iconic hand of god figure, like, just like Kobe like you know who he is if you heard his name so That's rest it. in peace to Diego Maradona who's passed at 60 years old today
1: yeah it's really hand sad man. like I said this this year 2020 man I, um, I'm ready you can't to- deal
9: with too many of them it, man it's no, too it's- much
1: you guys thank you for joining us here on the Sports Hillers by the fans for the fans don't forget tomorrow we have a Thanksgiving Day special at 11 o'clock for, Happy for Thanksgiving! happy Thanksgiving I'm definitely thankful and grateful for you guys definitely appreciative love you guys you guys stay safe uh, don't eat it's too it's much and, and party it up tomorrow for sure. Shout out! Well. Shout out! Go ahead. Shout
9: go ahead, out man. to the rape. Shout out to the Ravens screwing up the best game f- matchup for tomorrow.
1: Yeah, you know what's crazy? Uh, my chat's blowing up because we're supposed we we had a schedule on deck for tomorrow's show, and now I gotta shift segments and figure out what what are we, we good to talk about? Two games that people necessarily don't care about. But we're we gonna to talk the about the Ravens. No, I don't think so. Not after <laughs> Sunday's game, my man. You had it. Hey. <laughs> you had it. You had it. <laughs> we had it. you guys take care we you're watching him. the sports hit list by the fans and for the fans let me bring in my final segment i know this may not be on by popular demand but uh hey, it's something that we want to
7: segment is Party boys Party boys
1: yes it is the greatest tag team and greatest tag team all time. This is what they wanted to talk about. All uh, time, all time, Ziggy. They want to talk about all time. This is what we're talking about. So, for those of you team who team are watching stuff. right now, who may not care for this topic, share it with a friend who does want to <laughs> oh. talk about pro wrestling. That's what I want you guys to do. So, share. Oh,
9: am I'm, I'm about to leave right now, but I want to say no honorable <laughs> mention. My guy Hulk Hogan and the Macho Me, Mega Powers.
1: All right, there we go. He's throwing in the Mega Powers into this debate. Throwback, we the,
9: throwback. throwback. Mega throw powers. Back. We got the
1: Outlaw, Zach, Joe, Nick Modenaro. We got Mike Murillo and TK The Tank, Tom Kenyon. TK, are you guys here? Mike? Mike's yep. here. TK, are you here, bro? I'm here, Carl. Can you hear me? I can hear you, man. How you doing, man? I can't see you, but I can hear you. How you doing? I'm good. I'm good. Oh, yeah, I
11: got to start the video. My bad. Hold on. I'm going. There I am. <laughs> There you go. go. So we are, you guys
1: are the final segment to close out. As I said, I know some of the people in the comments may not be happy with this segment coming on, but we are going to talk about it. If you're not, if you don't want to why is that? You, I would say switch it over to uh, just share this with pro wrestling fans as we talk about the greatest tag team of all time. So Nick, Nick Malinaro raised the question. I'm going to give him the floor first because he believes the fix is in. So Nick, go for it. Who is your greatest tag team all time in pro wrestling history? All right. So I, when I say this, I mean this with no
10: disrespect to the greats. Like my, my favorite of all time, the Hardys. I love Matt and Jeff Hardy. They're great. Obviously, we brought up the Dudley boys. They're great. But in my opinion, if you're going all time of wrestling, not just all time of WWE, it's the Young Bucks. Now, a lot of people, when I say that, you know, they're going to laugh. They're going to be like, oh, you're out of your mind. But if you look at what they've done without the machine behind them, that machine being WWE, It's pretty crazy. I mean, I can read off some stats here. Um, If you're just talking about, you want to talk about championships, um, they're seven-time IWGP junior heavyweight tag team champions, one-time IWGP tag team champions, three-time never open weight, six-man championship champions with three different partners, three-time ROH, four-time PWG, AAA, current AEW tag team champions. And if you go on the Wikipedia page and you can look it up for yourself, they have held 36 different tag titles. Across 17 different companies all around the world. Now that is that's impressive to do because you could be over in one company and then flop in another. I mean, the Young Bucks did. The Young Bucks were over like Rover in all these other companies, and they went to Impact and they turned into Max and Jeremy Buck, and they were horrible. So that just goes to show that the fact that they went, to, went into every single company they've ever almost ever worked for and won the world titles and took over is insane to me. You could also talk about how they were really that bridging gap between, um, you know, the mainstream wrestling culture and New Japan. Um, you know, like th- they were one of the big reasons why that New Japan and Ring of Honor started a working relationship. One of the first of its kind in wrestling, um, you know, because New Japan had them under contract but sort of Ring of Honor. So they had to work together and that elevated both companies. You know, um, I just think that if you're looking up pure stats and like I said, the big thing is not having that big machine of WWE behind them. I think it's the Young Bucks.
1: Okay. So he says the Young Bucks. So for those of our fans who may not know who the Young Bucks are, <laughs> Young Bucks are currently right now in AEW. <laughs> I just
6: want to <laughs> so, Oh, oh I I I'm sorry,
12: sorry. For the for, for the smooth brain WWE fans, I should I'm say.
1: Just, I'm just
11: letting you know. Okay. So TK <laughs> Tank, who is your oh, greatest tag team of all time? Um, for me, I thought about this a lot, and I tried to think um, – what, what a tag team is and to me a tag team is, is is two guys who really like work well with each other and work off each other and make something very special there's been a lot of tag teams where the sum is not greater than the equal parts where they end up splitting up because one guy uh, might you know, have more talent than the other. But but the greatest tag team for me, regardless, is the Dudley Boys. Uh, they started in 1996 in Extreme Championship Wrestling, and they won the titles there. They won the titles in the WWE. They won the titles in TNA. They won the titles in NJPW. They were a tag team from 1996 to 2010 without breaking up. That's 14 years straight, never breaking up. We all talk about how amazing it is. The new day has gone on for so long, but the Dudley boys were also like such a a big constant. Um, And they had the triple threat ladder match. They had those ladder matches at WrestleMania and SummerSlam. And those were uh, amazing. Uh, Really set the standard for what tag team wrestling could be. And they still to, you know, to this day, are really like they're retired now, but they're still producers. But they're they're revered. They're really you know twenty three championships across multiple places and just great wrestlers to watch. And you know there's a difference between a team like the Dudley Boys and a team like um uh, uh, Young, Young Bucks. Young Bucks, uh, to me are good, but there's just a big difference in when you're talking the best of all time. And I don't see the Young Bucks in the realm of the Dudley Boys yet. So, for me, I like the Dudley Boys.
12: Zach? I um, I, I agree with Nick. I, I'm
1: even wearing a Young Bucks t-shirt right now. And... What is that I, supposed to make us believe that because you're wearing a shirt? that... It, that oh, the I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I, I'm, <laughs> I'm, sorry. I, I, I'm wearing
12: a t shirt to support my um, my favorite team. I don't see any of you guys wearing your favorite team's merch right now. That's fine. I don't need to so, wear uh, it to support
6: them. Yeah, We're we not, don't I, need I have to. It on
1: you, but go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. I,
12: so go I on. also have some research too. I have quotes from very, very high profile people in the wrestling scene people like Eric Bischoff, Matt Hardy, FTR. Uh, Chris Jericho and Kenny Omega. Sure, Kenny Omega may be a biased standpoint, but he is still like he is still regarded as a great wrestler as well. Eric Bischoff said this upon their upon Young Bucks match at Double or Nothing with the Lucha Bros. He said, "I can show this to a non wrestling fan, and I can guarantee it that they would want to see more from these two teams." FTR also went on to say, "Our match with the Young Bucks is very important and the biggest match in tag team history." That that's also putting themselves over and putting the Young Bucks over as well because that feud has been hyped and has been like set in stone for so many years. Matt Hardy even said this is on the this is even if you want to look this quote up, it's on the back of their book. Uh, Matt Hardy said the Young Bucks are two guys who not only beat the odds and to become one of the greatest, most popular tag teams ever, but also two industry changing um, visionaries. Matt and Nick are two of the smartest, hardworking, passionate individuals I've ever met in my 28-year career. The Bucks will definitely leave pro wrestling industry in a much better place than they discovered it. Now, Chris Jericho also had some similar words. These guys are pioneers of making it big in the pro wrestling business outside of the corporate structure by doing things their own way. On top of that, they remain the same guys and retain their state and retain their strong family values the whole time. Matt and Nick are the true definition of success in the pro wrestling and beyond. So, but, if I you mean, can, it, if, if you can prove to me that those quotes are fake and illegitimate, go right ahead. But they're not. They're they these are quotes on the back of the Young Bucks book right now.
11: I know, but we're not we're not talking about what they think. I, we want to know what you think, Zach. I don't but care. Also, but but I'm putting I'm
12: putting in perspective that a lot of people. I the
11: Dudley Boys, they got an inanimate object they got a table over like what have the young bucks done sure yeah your peers are going to say nice things what about have you. the young People bucks done you they, nice they, they about created a okay, super kick party okay,
6: they created a super
0: party okay guys so, okay, so, so Mike, so Mike they,
11: didn't they, get a chance okay so guys we're going to get into it but
1: Mike Mike didn't get a chance to give his opinion Mike what do you think
6: yeah well first off I just want to say to anybody in sports hit who's judging us And doesn't want to and just doesn't want to see this. Hey, listen, we are some good people right here. We bring in some views, so watch. Okay. Please spread the word. Well, no, I'm not a part of that. I'm 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 separate. Watch (laughs) us, okay? Anyway, um, so Tom Kenny brought up the Dudley boys, and I was kind of leaning towards that, and I was thinking the same thing, but then it came to mind that I was looking so so many tag teams and just thinking about the whole industry. And it turns out the best tag team ever, in my personal opinion, are the Road Warriors. Mm, There's no debating a great, that. A great there pick. is just no debating that History, without yeah. the Road Warriors, there would be no Dudleys. There would be no Young Bucks. They revolutionized everything. You know, they had their own thing from the face paint to their own saying. They had this cool gear. It's like they changed everything. And be- even be- and before WWE, they were all around they were in Japan. They're actually one of the very few teams in the beginning to have the relationship between the WWE and Japan start because they were so popular in Japan. I mean, they were just a great team. Not to mention, they went through so many trials and tribulations within their career. Animal had an addiction to all kind of drugs and he he had to overcome that in order to be a better wrestler. He overcame that. Unfortunately, he passed away. But he overcame that and got together with his partner and even more success without them there would be no great tag teams, in my opinion
1: okay so um it, it's tough for me to answer this question because i, I love tag team wrestling it, it, it's 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 definitely an art form that i feel like aew does great now um would i put the young bucks as top all time no my personal opinion it's it's really hard to call but I would say I'd have to agree with Tom Kenny when, when, when we talk about the Dudleys. And when, when we talk about the greatest of all right. time, we have to look at it from the perspective of, okay, wrestling-wise, you, you, pro wrestling is, is, is twofold. Because, yes, they, yes you have to wrestle great, but you also have to entertain the crowd, too, right? The Dudley boys were able to do that to the level of their catchphrases, being able to be great on the mic. You go anywhere to a wrestling fan, all you have to say is, Devon. And they know the line and they're going to finish it. Get the
11: tables. Get the
1: tables. They know it. And then all you have to say is 3D. So I think the element that I, I, I kind of disagree with Nick and Zach on is, again, I'm not taking it from the Young Bucks because their resume is, 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 is outstanding. Um, I've watched their matches. Their matches are incredible. I'm not going to sit here and disrespect them. But I will say, though, we have to look at the flip side of it in terms of promos. We have to look at um, being the greatest has to deal with also box office and selling out um, on places. And as much as you may believe not working for the biggest wrestling company doesn't is not a detriment to your career. It kind of is in a sense. It, it's a personal choice, of course. But should you not want to work for the top company? That's like telling a, a, a NBA player, an NHL player, or NFL player, listen, I'm not going to work for, um, you know, the top company and go work at the low level companies. But then I'm still the best. Okay, to me, I, I, that doesn't okay, that doesn't add up, up. Can I bring
6: up one okay, more thing? Would you bring up one thing? One thing real quick, um, because uh, Zach was talking about quotes. Um, there is not a single wrestling journalist or wrestler for that matter that could say a bad thing about the Road Warriors. So when you want to talk about quotes you just brought up a little bit of guys, they have a whole stack of people that quote them and that love them. So I'm just making a better case for the world Warriors. I just
10: want touch on two things that Carl said that. Obviously, I, I agree with you 100% that the big part of wrestling is getting the crowd involved. And, and obviously, you know, like I said, that, that line, if you say, Divon, someone else gets a table. You say, what's up? Everyone knows that. And when it comes to, you know, Young Buck fans, independent wrestling fans, you know, they know that when you throw that up, a random stranger will also throw that up. When you say No, no. They'll also throw that hey, Hold on, let them finish. Let me counter okay. that.
6: Okay, okay. The Young Bucks
10: yeah. actually received a season of WWE say. because they made that so big. If that wasn't a problem, they didn't make it so big. They wouldn't have received a decent assist, And they turned that into a best-selling T-shirt. So the other thing is capitalizing on a lot of things. Another part that you said, uh, that they don't want to work in the biggest company. It's like a, a basketball player not going to the NBA. I would agree with you if – and like I said, you're going to take us a shot at WWE. It's not. It's – honestly, I think we can all agree that as of right now, tag team wrestling is not the main focus of the WWE. Fair. That's they, a fair point. Absolutely. They, have, they have good tag teams. New Day, Street Problems. They have good tag teams, but that'd be like if you you just say the NBA was you know back like it was in the 80s when it was really bad and it was not you know that good of a league. You know, it's just if they went to WWE, they would not be utilized and be able to use their full potential what they're using now. So I don't think that's a good comparison. That oh they've never worked for the best company when the best company oh.
1: doesn't really prioritize what their specialty is right
10: now.
6: So that's a bad okay. thing okay. to bring up, One, Hold, 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 hold,
10: hold on. You I'm
1: going to you, but, uh, okay. I'm gonna get to you, but to counter this, yeah, this did no, not come can. from the Young Bucks. We oh, know oh, where no, this no, came no, from. No, I didn't say oh, that. We no, Oh, no, okay. No. I'm, I'm just w. saying, know, like, who made I'm this famous? That. I'm just saying, saying, you know. The, the NWO. Yeah. NWO. Oh, not, not even the NWO. This is from the click. The Click started it. And they went over to the NWO because you had members of the clique who went to the NWO. That's where that all originated And like I said, that's the big thing with with the Young Bucks is they used to throw up the
10: two suite all the time. And then they received a cease and desist from WWE. Same thing with Suck It. They couldn't use that anymore. Um, Both were t-shirts, best-selling t-shirts. And if you also about mainstream, um, you know, recognizability, their new book. Young Bucks, uh, that at Barnes Nobles was number eleven last week when it released on the Barnes Nobles top one hundred. So if you don't think that they're mainstream, then I don't know. I think I think they're well, more. Well, you know what? I mean, mainstream. number
1: eleven is not number one. But TK, go ahead, man.
10: <laughs> hey, for guys that nobody knows, it's pretty good.
11: Well, the, all the, the see, this is just a basic problem with Young Bucks, and like they are very athletic and they do some crazy stuff in the ring. No one's denying that, but. Like for example, Carl, I think you can relate to this. I have seen Young Bucks as Generation Me and TNA way back,
6: me too. Me uh, too, 10 yeah. years
11: ago, and I I I saw a couple of their matches. I just thought they were kind of spot you know spot filled and whatever. But you know they've gotten better over time. But still, even with AEW, and I've watched some of the pay per views, Carl. I don't know which one's Nick and which one's Matt Jackson. I don't know.
1: <laughs> yeah, this is true.
11: Yeah, no, no uh, TK, no. you took the words hey, out of my mouth. Hey, Uso. Hey, Uso. I can
0: tell the Uso's apart. I can tell the Uso's apart easily. You can tell the Uso's apart. Yeah, you can tell them apart now.
1: No, no, I can tell them apart. It's easy. Jay has the cross on his arm. Jimmy doesn't. It's simple. That's how you tell them apart. You can tell them apart. Also, Jimmy has the facial hair. doesn't. It's pretty simple. It's not
10: rocket science. It's not like the Bellatone. That's a great point.
11: That's a great point, TK they don't have enough charisma to shine on their own they need to stay together that's why they don't make it under the bright lights of the tna or the ww once they're on tv you kind of see these guys are lacking charisma so while the they can go to, to can go to again go to different promotions and do very well and do a lot of cool stuff they don't have enough charisma you look at the dudley boys it seems like that either one of those guys could have succeeded on their own you saw bully ray was a successful singles run he won the world title so i don't think matt don't or nick it, jackson man. could ever so go on and win a world title on them. their own
12: I'm going to chime in. You're saying they're lacking charisma. Also, yeah. beyond that, note, like, WWE has offered both, like, Matt and Nick Jackson. Kenny Omega. I'm not
11: saying they wouldn't be
12: great. They, no, no, no. Hey, l- l- let me finish. Like, let me finish. Go for they, it. They have been offered WWE contracts the day before, like, AEW was for, was formed. And it's been quoted in their book. They were sitting in their hotel rooms waiting for a phone call from either person. And they were going to take the they're going to take the one whoever called first, and who called first? Tony Khan.
11: Well, WWE also signed Vladimir Kozlov. They don't always sign the most charismatic guys. That's Wait, what I'm just talking, talking about charisma. We're,
6: we're, we're like, ignoring like
10: charisma, though. That's just like you, like you said, you're a very casual Young Bucks fan, so obviously you might not see that. But if you follow that? yeah. But I've been watching like, their matches. for But you know hearable. what
6: it is,
1: though. I, I find it, it it's just it's just tough to, with the with the history of tag team wrestling and any promotion, because we're, we're, we're not just talking WWE. You're yeah. talking NWA, AWA, WCW. There's been a, lot, a long history of wrestling. The Young Bucks are pretty r- relatively young. And to consider them the greatest of all <laughs> no time. No pun intended. I think that's a, wait,
6: another me. thing, another no, thing, because no, 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 we're, we're ignoring
1: Wait, wait, hold, hold on, Michael. Go, go ahead, Nick. Um, I will say that
10: the title list was greatest tag team. So I was not envisioning of all time. And also, too, you know my motto, Carl. If, if I really didn't watch them, I'm not going to make a case for them. So I can't sit here and like, you know, like, like your friend said, you know, the mega powers, Macho Man, Hulk Hogan. Yeah, I'm sure they were great. I just don't have not watched enough of them as a team to argue that. So I'm following who I've been following since I was, you know, 14 years old. Fine. That's why I'll make the case. But let
6: them. me just say this one thing. Okay. Now without the uh, road warriors, there would no be Dudley boys or young Bucks. No, as actually, um, as well as if it, it wasn't for the Rock and roll,
11: roll Express, there would be no yeah. Young Bucks. Well, there's a lot of other tag teams <laughs> we haven't talked about. There's the, there's the Fabulous Freebirds. Yeah. There's but, the Midnight Express. Yeah. Well, uh, there's the Rockers, that, the Rockers. The yeah. Rockers, ironically, okay. never won tag team TK, gold.
6: TK, we also have a Mountain Rushmore coming up, so that's why certain names haven't been brought up. Right, but you I know
1: what? It's a matter of knowing history, and like I said, I'm not going to sit here and disrespect the Young Bucks because what they do is phenomenal. I just think when we talk about the, like, where do they rank if we're going to make a list? And, and, and as uh, Mike just previewed, we are going to get into our pro wrestling Mount Rushmore. The first episode is tag teams. You know, do, do the Young Bucks make an ultimate Mount Rushmore list of tag teams? When you're talking about tag teams in wrestling, we still haven't talked about the Nasty Boys. We haven't talked about the Steiners. You haven't talked about the Hart Foundation. Foundation. You haven't talked hey, about no the Four way. Horsemen that, that's that, not- that were evident in, in uh, NWA. You didn't talk about the Wild Samoans. There are a lot of but, tag teams that yeah, have wait, gone but, through the years. Even Harlem Heat, who was never really a WWE, but a WCW powerhouse. Harlem kid. Heat was great. Yeah, there, there, you want to talk about there's a lot of tag teams, so it, it, it's a question of okay, as a pro wrestling fan, where are you going to put the young bucks?
6: Wait, That's but Carl, question. hold on a second. But Nick brought something up that he says that he's kind of and Nick, you could correct me, correct me if I'm wrong, but you're going on tag teams that you've seen the most. So, of course, he's going to put the younger tag teams there. Of being part. that he's seen those teams more you know uh, what i mean and, like
10: and, and that's why that's why i started my opening case with no disrespect to guys like you know the road warriors rock and roll express you know all these guys like i just did not get to see enough of them to make a definitive argument for them whereas i've seen the young bucks you know since i was 14 and following them you know japan all these different companies that they've worked for so i make i can make an easier case for them. And- so
1: zach is that your reasoning too
12: yeah, like I, I've experienced more of the young. I'm still a young wrestling fan. I came into the wrestling scene like like late two thousand eight, early two thousand nine. Yeah.
9: Same.
0: So
12: at that point, the Hardys were essentially broken up, and they were having the, their feud at that moment in WWE. So, I didn't get to experience
6: matches?
12: such like such tag teams. Like I, I if I if I'm to have my own like when we do our Mount Rushmore, I, I'm assuming that that's for individually for everyone here right our own Mount Rushmore or is that just well
1: the way that works the Mount Rushmore works is everyone gets to pick their own four picks and then from the four picks you will pick one to make the ultimate and then the entire Mm -hmm. panel has to agree Mm -hmm. on the entire on who makes the hit list list that's how Mm -hmm. it works
12: but like I for me I if if I never got to experience the young bucks I would I would put more younger team on this list like, like the Usos like Usos and New Day have had some of the Greatest tag team matches in WWE history as of recent times.
6: But that's just so unfair, though. That really, like, that's, that's I, so I'm unfair. still a young fan, well, so you have to give I it the think benefit that's of the doubt.
11: I think, I think... I think you can still speak for the younger generation. I don't think there should be not counted. I think the Usos and New Day have been absolutely phenomenal. I think the Young Bucks have had a great career. They've been together for a long time. They've never broken up because they don't have the charisma to do so, but they're still together. No, actually, actually, there's always Um, been teases of them breaking up. I have backhanded compliments.
12: (laughs) And now, um, (laughs) hey, also, uh, Carl, Carl, you opened up with us saying, for those who don't know the Young Bucks, I'm sorry, our numbers on the AEW injection – Prove otherwise.
1: Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah, All right. Not um,
12: so to Carl, yeah, real enough.
10: quick. Real quick. You the talk about how, with, with the WWE. Why did fdr turn down almost seven-figure contracts from the WWE to, to go to go work with the Young Bucks? Listen, and I'm not going
1: to sit here and say WWE is perfect. Uh, listen, yeah, no, you, I yeah, no, they're not. not. Especially so when it comes that, to tag, tag team wrestling. We team. have seen. Listen, we 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 have seen them lacking that division. I'm not going to sit here and say that. But again, it goes back to the root of the question. Is about. The greatest of all, like that was what was questioned and we, and, and I specifically asked it in the group to make sure I was getting the wording, right. Yeah. When we're
11: talking about the greatest well, of all time. I mean, talking see,
4: about ahead. the greatest
11: of all time, the Dudley boys pro wrestling illustrated voted them the best tag team from uh, 2000, 2009 uh, best tag team in those individual years. Um, I think, you know, they, they've got a lot of accolades from other people and they've really, like, built it up over a long, long time. I mean, yeah, I yeah, really you know them. what?
1: We haven't wait. even talked about two two of my other favorite ones, the Hardy Boys and the Edge and Christian. Where do we put that? Yeah. And they had a Edge great run during the time. I, I almost picked years. Edge and Christian. You're going to have to wait for I mean, them. Absolutely.
6: Much. No way, but hold on a second. Because Zach just said something unfair, okay? Zach just said that, oh, okay, you know, look at us. We get 400 uh, views and this and that. Listen, at the end of the day, we're not talking about your, our generation of wrestling fans. Let's talk to, let's say, a 30-year-old who loved wrestling. Let's talk to a 35-year-old or a 40-year-old who loved wrestling. It's like, guys, do you know who the Young Bucks are? Or do you know who the war, Warriors are? They're going to be like, I think we know who the World Warriors are. And I think we know who the Dudleys are. Young Bucks? Are I mean, but
10: that's, a similar, that's the same I mean, thing. I, I'm, 30, I know who the Young Bucks are. That's the same thing as asking somebody who hasn't watched basketball in 10 years who Luka Doncic is. He's not going to know. But Luka Dodges is
6: a great player. So but exactly, but that's that, what I that, mean, though. Not a good argument. You got to have more history. They don't have the history yet. Like, okay, twenty years from now, we're gonna remember them. We're probably gonna think they're the greatest of all time. But they don't have the history that these guys have.
1: Yeah. All right, guys. Uh, TK, How About final the
11: APA. Tho- APA is up there. TK, final thoughts for this segment: greatest tag team all the time. Final thoughts. There's been a lot of great tag teams. Um, and the good thing about tag teams is that you can really track them through different companies like I said the Dudley boys started out in ECW went to WWF WWE uh was in TNA NJPW, and you could see that they were just successful everywhere uh and when you're a really great tag team um you really leave your mark and that's what the Dudley boys did in my opinion Devon get the tables just (laughs) off the top rope the headbutt all that stuff the 3D you know, going to Dudleyville, they even got another guy, Spike Dudley, over by just association, just by bringing him into their uh, tag team family. And uh, they really, at a time where all eyes were on wrestling, they really shone and rose to the top, just like the cream does rise to the top, and just like the best will outshine the others. The Dudley boys were one of the best and if not the best tag team I've ever seen. So just all right. right.
12: Zach, final thoughts. I have given all my stuff. I, I'm having, I'm dealing with a cough right now. so Sorry. I, I still, I still hold my opinion and I will stand by it until until I'm blue in the face. Uh, I, I think the young bucks, they I'm have done the so much more one. in such a short amount of time and they have proven themselves to be one of the best. Like, and to me personally, like, once again, like we had to remind people here, this is an opinion part for us. Like, I he, th- th- I see them as one of the best. From my opinion, they are the, one of the greatest tag teams
6: of all time. Okay. Mike. First off, I'm looking at uh, Zach's face, and that, Zach is so red right now. It seems as if, though, he's, like, boiling right now. Like no, he's gonna I'm if a different us. light. Like he's gonna, it seems like you're going to pop on all of us. Listen – at the end of may, the day... I may pop off on you, but that's besides the point. Okay. Listen, <laughs> at, the end of the day, at the end of the day, for me, it's about history. And that's just my opinion. And I take a look at the general consensus that you ask more people who have been wrestling fans for a long time, and they're going to say World Warriors. I'm just going by that. You know, the reason, again, why I don't see Young Bucks is because they don't necessarily have the history just yet. But if you guys want to judge based on what you have just recently seen, then okay, fine. I'll accept that. But I just think majority of the population around the world, is prefer- even in Japan, will just say uh, Road Warriors.
1: Um, Nick? Yeah, I, I,
10: I have to agree with what uh, TK said, that, that you know, it's very important that you leave a mark in the company you work for. And I truly believe that the Young Bucks have left every single company that they've worked for better than better when they left than when they found it. And I think that the fact that they did it all on their own, uh, that's, you know, that should give them a lot of huge points. So I'm sticking with the Young Bucks.
1: Well, I, I'm, I'm just going to wrap up, uh, you guys pretty much touched upon everything that we need to say about tag teams, and I think it's a, a true wrestling fans appreciate great tag teams, and, and I think they definitely add on the element, sometimes the tag teams steal the show better than the main event, you know, uh, I remember a time watching up uh, where the TLC matches stole the show and the main event guys are like, how the hell do we follow that between Edge and Christian yeah. Dudley boys and and, um, uh, and and the Hardy boys? You know, so um, over the test of time, I think tag team wrestling is still pretty evident. Um, I think some promotions do it better than others. But I think that conversation about the greatest should be open to just know um knowing history and and looking at let's let's look at every single tag team we can so um definitely guys thank you so much for entertaining the conversation thank you to all our fans for watching and supporting the sports hit list please continue to like share comment subscribe uh the final installment to end the year of our mott rushmore that we started back in july with the nfl concludes with pro wrestling so uh, thank you to all of our hit list contributors all across the board we started this back uh special shout out to andres this was his idea and concept we started it way back when the pandemic hit in july with the nfl we transitioned to the MLB. We finished the NBA and pro wrestling. I like to say, I guess we saved the best for last. And we finished yes, that. That's
11: right. Please pro wrestling. In, so, top in, Thank in.
1: you. Uh, thank you to all our fans. Please continue to like, share, comment, subscribe. Uh, we have a lot of stuff coming. Um, please make sure you check out tomorrow. We will have a Thanksgiving Day special with the NFL. So before you eat your turkey and you stuff your face, and before you watch the terrible Washington football team versus um the Dallas Cowgirls, make sure you watch us at 11 a.m. We, we, we have them before you watch the Lions. Uh, they just told us that the Steelers, Ravens, postponed until Sunday. Um, <laughs> hold off on that, that, that NFC lease. Uh, but tomorrow, 11 o'clock, here on the World Wide Sports Radio Network, we will have a Thanksgiving special with the NFL team. And Sunday, we will have week 12 preview at 12.15. At and be sure to tune into all of our content. And you guys take care. Happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanks. Thanksgiving,
3: guys. Happy Thanksgiving. It is it, the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Radio Network.